Hello, world. I am your host for the Pursuit of Purpose podcast here at LCC, Nate Luke. I'm joined here today with Kevin Stuckey. Sup. Nelson Combs. Hello. And Cody Jewelrit. Hello. Hey. All right, guys. Welcome back once again. Uh, we got a, a cool topic today. Um, it's going to really kind of resonate with those of you who are at church this past week because Pastor Kevin, can I call you that? Pastor Kevin? No. It's Reverend. No. Reverend. The it's, Rev. It's Kevin. I'm going to mute you. The Reverend Kevin <laughs> Stuckey was talking about envy. The uh, so we're going to <laughs> we're going to get into that here just a little bit. But before we get there, got a short news segment. Did you guys know? Did you know that they had to shut down the library on Michigan's campus, the University of Michigan's campus, this past week? You want to know why? Why? Do, are you, do you want us to guess? Yeah, that wasn't a rhetorical question. Like guess. Hmm. Somebody streaked. No, but good guess. Really? Nelson? Mm. A rodent. Close. Oh, wait. I do know this. Actually, I do know this. Then what let Cody guess first. I know what it is. A rodent. <laughs> <laughs> Cody! No! You had your shot, dude. <laughs> it was venomous spiders. Venomous spiders. No. Yeah. 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 So like, like from, Michigan. From, the, from like the, the biology class or something like that? Uh no, it's just it's it's Michigan, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that makes sense then. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes yeah sense what was though. I thinking? <laughs> yeah. I'm so stupid. They only found like what, like three of them or something, something weird. Yeah. So, did they say what kind? Uh, I forgot what it was. Deadly ones. Yeah. The the deadly kind. Bad. Guy. The kind that will eat your face. What are the What are the ones? The brown recluse. Yeah. Wolf spider maybe. Isn't those aren't those the ones that sometimes they find in like old buildings and stuff? Yeah, yeah. in yeah. Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah. they're, they're around. Yeah, spiders freak me out, man. I know. The more we talk about it, it's starting to itch. A really? Bit. I know. Spiders don't bother me. No. Snakes. snakes? Yeah. Snakes. I can so do snakes. It's not mm. like I can do snakes out and open, like if I saw them in the woods. But like snakes. So this is like, like freak out situation. So I had. In my old house, I always talk about the crawl space and mm-hmm. sermons and stuff. It was horrible. Really small crawl space. Where I'm on top of my roof one day, clean out the gutters, because we had huge trees all around that old house. It was horrible. I look over the edge, and there's a huge snake. It's a, it's a rat snake, so they're actually good. Like, they're not poisonous. They're not dangerous, really, to you. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're really scared of you, so they'd stay away. But it was coming out from underneath my house. Sell it. Like later, <laughs> sell it. <laughs> like later, we found a baby in one of our rat traps. Like, mm. yeah. So like it was. They were under the house, and I'm just. I I don't. I think. I don't think I had to go back under the house. Oh yeah, I did. I had to go under the house before we sold the place, so I had to be under there a bunch. And I'm telling you, I was looking everywhere. Mm. I was freaking out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because oh, you're. Wow. And my crawl space is so thin, like you can barely fit. So like you're not in a place. If if it's right there in your face, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> you have to wait for it to leave, or like slowly inch out. Like there's nothing you're doing. And so that's it's just like that that terrified me. Yeah. Oof. Every time I see a spider, I think of Lord of the Rings, that big spider that jumps out. Oh no, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Sorry guys, I had a moment there. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, moving on, moving on. Okay, so guys, it's the Lenten season. Um, as we know, a lot of Christians, uh, I guess you could say, carry on the tradition of Lent. And we all have, uh, I'm sure we've all experienced or when heard. When did Lent start? When did it start? February. I don't know, Reverend. Oh, wait. Oh, you mean like a date or like yeah, the tradition the date, of Lent? the date, Lent. The, like February the, 19th. 19th. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... We all have our little quirks with Lent, right? Like some people might give up like certain types of food or some people might give up, you know, certain uh, like maybe I, I, I had a friend that he gave up dark pop, right? So kind of some weird things. But this guy in Ohio, get this, he is giving up all food for 46 days hmm. and he is replacing that with nothing but herbal tea, black coffee, and get this, beer. For 46 days. That is his sustenance Mm. for 46 days. That's intense. It doesn't sound like a terrible plan. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard of worse. (laughs) I'm sure there have been worse. (laughs) But, I mean, think about that. That's intense, man. Mm. I think there's some people that did the 21-day fast would say there's a lot of things worse that you could give up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, true that. So... All you listeners out there, just know someone has it worse than you probably do. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, So, funny news for the week. Um, We do have some, uh, at least I I have a a prayer request. Um, Obviously, it's made news this week in in our county. Um, There was a, a Department of Natural Resources officer that was lost uh, in the line of duty, and and we definitely and 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 also a, a teenager as well. We definitely want to keep them in our prayers. Um, what just so that if whoever's listening hasn't heard, can you kind of explain the situation? Uh, uh, what led to that and all the stuff you know, kind of that's, that's happened in that? Because I didn't know anything about it until last night. Sure. Um, so I know there's probably still some people out there that haven't heard. Yeah, so in, uh, I believe is Rocky Fork, um, a couple teenagers fell in. Um, the ice was receding, but not enough. Um, a teenager did. Um, I believe she lost her life getting trapped under the ice. Um, and her friend, I guess, incurred some serious injuries as well um, from that. And in response, um, the Department of Natural Resources officer, um, I guess, had a, a health um I guess like a health uh, problem during the rescue, and he himself also lost his life. And uh, and by that. rescue, they were actually just they were looking for the body at that mm-hmm. point. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I I think they so assumed he had at that point. his I think uh, cadaver dog from what well, I understand. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a multi-use dog. There's right. a lot of things it can do. Right. Yeah. But they were actually looking for the body, and from what I understand, he had an episode. Yeah. And fell in because yeah. of his the health issues, and ended up losing his life as well. Yeah, and uh, definitely, definitely keep them up. Uh, keep his family and and all the families involved in this up. Where was prayers. he from? Wilmington, Wilmington, Wilmington area. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah. the kids were Greenfield kids, correct? Uh, I I believe Hillsborough. Oh, kids. were they? Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're on the I think the north the western side of oh, okay. Wet, okay northwest side of Rocky Fork yeah. and um, I believe they were trying to kayak. I don't know if I'm not wrong. Yeah. I've heard I, again. I you know so much hearsay, but you know obviously that went very very wrong very quickly. So yeah, a lot of families you know affected by this. 
Yeah, definitely. We we have a, a DP and R officer here in Leesburg, Bryce Morris. Mm-hmm. He's my age. Yeah, and I know that Bryce was really close to him. So definitely lift up Bryce in your prayers as well. Um, that's that's got to be tough. I can't imagine. So. Yeah. So yeah, keep them in your prayers, guys. Um, tough situation. Absolutely. So. All right. So um, we're going to get to the topic here in just uh, a second. Kevin, um, this is going to lead us into the topic, obviously, because Kevin preached about this on uh, Sunday. Um, but the topic was um, on envy. Um, and I believe the title of your um, the title of your sermon was self-deconstruction. And it was based off First Samuel 18. So, Kevin, if you wouldn't mind, maybe give us a, a quick synopsis of that, and then we'll transfer over. Yeah. Uh, before I do that, how about the weather? That's great. <laughs> Windows down. Did yeah. let me let me ask you this? Was did was it weird to see like green and again and to get on the road and not have to think about like. You know, the commute to work. Yeah. You know, what's the road going to be like? What do I have to worry about here just to be able to get out and drive? We have wheat planted right down the, from our house. And, I mean, the snow melted so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it went from, I mean, all that snow to boom, like in a day, like a big chunk of it was melted. And then the next day you could see everything. Mm-hmm. It And it has been so nice out. Like, yeah. it's been amazing. Yeah. So, spring is on its way hardcore and that i mean it just feels good to it have does. some it weather really like does. that yeah. some sun and pretty neat anyway yeah. it's made this week a really good week better than you know most uh, or the i guess better than the last several we've had but getting into our topic so yeah we we talked about envy this week in the message and that kind of resonated with all of us i think um, I know I even shared that in, in, in the sermon, just how, you know, I'm preaching this, but like God spoke to me in a big way. And, and even since then, you know, I've had a, several conversations where I've been able to share like how God has talked, you know, how God spoke to me, you know, in this message. But the reason I think it's a big deal and the reason I think I feel like it came across that way is because it's not something that we that we typically talk about. And that's what I mentioned in the message. Like, you don't hear a lot of people say, hey, you know what, you need to preach a sermon on envy. I mean, it's it's a it's definitely one of the seven deadly sins, right? But like it's it's not something that a lot of people talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, when's the last time that you guys thought about envy as oh man, I need to really focus on my yeah. envy right now? Honestly, in, in my head, I, I almost, and we kind of talked about that, but like I almost equated to jealousy rather than like something that's so much more serious right. than that in, you know, in, in your day-to-day conversation. And uh, so that was really what kind of opened my eyes up this weekend when you were talking about it was like, this is, this is a big, bigger deal than what the culture or whatever, you, the way you get it, hear it used, that, mm-hmm. you know, how serious it is. What a... What what do you guys think? Like so, one of the comments that I made, and we'll and, and I'll and I'll go more into like this, but like one of the comments that I made about envy is that it, it, it unlike well, here's my comparison. I talked about lust, and I talked about like greed, or I you know, and 
of course, there's a lot of ways that you can break that down. But one, one of the things that I said was, while those can give you kind of a, it feels good initially, you know, it it doesn't suck the life out of you right away. Eventually, it, it does make you feel really empty inside. But like with envy, it's almost instantaneous, you know. How do you, do you, did you guys, do you guys perceive that, you know, when it comes to envy? Like, and, and if so, like an illustration of that. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit on this one. Yeah, I know. Came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for somebody to say it instead of me. <laughs> I, so like, I, do you really want me to repeat the question? No, yeah, yeah, really. Just try to rephrase it. I was like coughing. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Okay. So I I guess my, my thought is well, there are a lot of things that we can do that we know, even, even though they're wrong, like are going to bring a form of happiness. Now, it's not sustainable, but it's going to be something... But when it comes to envy, like if you think about like envy and what that is, immediately it puts you in a state of defeat almost because because you're not happy about the things that you have because you're looking at something someone else has, right? And you want it or you want somebody to be envy about it. So it's not about the thing you have. It's about them wanting the thing you have. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so it's more... It's not something like there is no happiness to it. Once, I mean, when envy is present, like it is immediately sucking the life out of you. Yeah. The, well, the one thing that, and I remember this in your sermon from Sunday. I had to look for it through your sermon here, but you, I think you hit the nail on the head. At least for me, it stuck out to me. At least you can't just appreciate the fact that here's somebody who is happily married without saying, and I'm not. You yeah. can't appreciate someone who has made this and this marker in success without saying, but I haven't. So with envy, we we do a really bad job of making it about ourselves immediately, right? There's a high degree of selfishness that comes along with that word envy. Yeah, like it doesn't allow you to like to like celebrate or enjoy what somebody else is like experiencing, and yeah. like whether that be a family or a money or a job or a new house or a car or a kid, like those are all amazing moments in people's lives and we should all be, you know, like, but you don't even have that opportunity to say like, that's, that's a beautiful thing for you all. You mm-hmm. know, it's just immediately, well, why, why don't, you know, I, I work as hard as you do, you know, or I deserve it more. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't even have that opportunity to be part of that. Yeah. I think about like, even in workplace, you know, with my job, there's a lot of, moving and shifting and promotions and things of that effect. And you just see like the envy from people. I mean, leading up to the prior before the decisions even made, I mean, there's people undercutting, undermining other officers or people that work there. And, you know, just a week ago or two weeks ago prior to that, they were best friends talking, working together. Um, you know, and then after the decisions made the, the conversations that are, that are had about the person who was selected or picked, you know, it's it can be devastating to that individual. You know, and it, it, like he, like Nelson said, you know, people just at times can't appreciate somebody else's success when they should appreciate their success. So, and I think for us, that comes down to even a a trust in God. You know, th- there are absolutely 
things that we need to do to put ourselves in a position to be successful, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's part of living. So training and um, hard work and building, you know, a network of people, you know, that we can call upon, you know, for with this or that or, or even like building an infrastructure or whatever that is. Like there are a lot of things you can do to set yourself up to be successful. But at the end of the day, like there is a time where you will have a choice to make whether you cut somebody's throat to get to where you want to go or you do the right thing even though it may mean it may be to the detriment of of your desire to climb that ladder to that place and and this is where i think envy we see envy like rare its ugliest head because you know i was i was talking to somebody just the other day and i and i was telling them i said listen like you know i'd i'd be lying if i didn't say that i thought about doing that to someone to get their farm or to, you know, expand our operation or, you know what I'm saying? Like to do something. I, I, the, the, the thing that I can say, I haven't, I haven't done it yet. When those opportunities did come, I I did the right thing, but I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I, I, I not considered it or not played it out in my head, what that looks like, you know? And so, so even though I may, I haven't, you know, acted on those things, like in my heart, there's envy there, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, what is that? And 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 I talked about this Sunday, and I've talked about this in weeks past. Is a lack of faith and trust that God knows best, and that His plan for me is best, and that His plan may not include what I think I need or want. Mm. I think that's what makes this tough, you know, because I think. The, our culture is so bent towards envy, and it's celebrated in our culture. More, you know, it's not it's not something that 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 our culture looks at and says no. It, it, I think our culture looks at it and says, well, that's motivation to work harder, to try harder, to to put yourself ahead, to be more successful. You know, and and I I would say even in some companies they probably foster a culture of envy. Because it, you know, because of what it does for their bottom line, if they have a bunch of people motivated to to get ahead at at all costs, at any cost, you know. Yeah, beauty of commission work, right? <laughs> at least in the company's eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's an also thing. You know, we we talked about Sunday comparison. You know how it's, you know, and you just said that. Um, it's it's an it's an issue where we are constantly comparing ourselves instead of living in the present. It robs us of of the present and gets us focused on the what ifs of our life. And again, there, you know, I so on the you know I did the assessment, one of those assessments, and 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 it and in the assessment, like I'm considered a a visionary leader is what it says. Now, I don't know fully what that means and I haven't realized all that in myself, but but I know this like for for myself like I can see the future and 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 I plan for the future, you know. I mean, that's one, a, a way that I can the 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 uh, in the gifting that I have. Which which is good. And so there is a piece of that, right, that I have to embrace because it is 
in my gifting. But it is very hard to not get caught up in playing that out on the ugly side, the envious side of that. And I think that's one of the things where this has been the most convicting for me is, is that, you know, I have, you know, God has blessed me with an incredible family, you know, a four-year-old and a seven-year-old who are growing up right now, you know, and, and what is that, you know, being able to experience those times and embrace that and not put myself always in a situation where I'm so busy that I can't, you know, because that's what envy does. Like it creates an environment where I, I want to do that. Um, and then also like what my occupation, my job on the farm and my job at the church, like the blessing that that is now and what God's doing in and through that, you know, and, and really embracing that too. How have you guys seen that play out for you? Uh, you know, I don't really, cause like, honestly, I had never thought about envy in my life and probably until Sunday, to be honest, like it just, it really hadn't occurred that, um, that would be something not saying that I don't deal with it, but I just was not knowledgeable about dealing with it. Um, and so like I can look back and see where there's times where, uh, whether it be, you know, incomes or, you know, um, you know, like our, our societal status symbols of cars and houses and things like that, where I feel like I've put in a lot of work and like, I don't have that. And, uh, you know, and there's, and there's times where you can just say you want it, but then like deep down, you're really thinking that like, honestly, you know, you feel like it's not fair and that can turn ugly really fast. Um, and so that's something where I've seen in myself where it's like, I need to be content in knowing that like the gifts that God and the blessings that God's provided for me and my family, which are immense, are not going to be equal with the next person. They're not going to be the same gifts that somebody else in the community has. They're just not going to be that way. And I have to learn to be okay with that and to be know that God has gifted me and blessed me with more than I ever deserve. But it might not be the same thing as somebody that lives, you know, down the street or across town, something like that. Well, and so, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, this is not a twist your arm thing, but like, are there specifics like that you think of in your life? And this is a question for all of you. Like, is there, are there specifics where you say, yes, like this is, this is an area. Cause I mean, I, I was very open, you know, about what mm-hmm. mine was, the, the, the farming thing. It was, it was a telltale sign. You know, it's, it's, it was a couple, several weeks ago when I, my, my wife had asked the question, she had said, Kevin, how is it that you can handle these other situations so well? But then when it comes to farming, like not only are you losing sleep at times, but like it's something that just is overwhelmingly um, makes you like anxious and worried. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I, I even said in that message, I said, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I can say it's this to a degree, but I don't know. But then as I'm preparing this message, I'm like, now I know. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean. That was the root of this. It was, it was, it was the envy of, you know, guys that are in a more stable situation from an agricultural standpoint, financially, you know, their ability to take hits, more hits, you know, if 
if we had a bad year or if whatever, you know what I'm saying? And then even their ability financially to expand their operation in ways that is just not feasible, you know? And so it's just, okay, I'm constantly like working. What's our niche? You know, what can we do to set ourselves apart from everybody else to put ourselves in a better situation to be successful? I mean, that, you know, just my mind is constantly going there. And it's because of comparison. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm looking at these guys and looking at these guys, and this is what I'm saying to myself. They don't deserve it, but Mm -hmm. I do. God, look what I've done. Look at the sacrifices I've made for you. You know, that's what I'm I'm dangling out there like I have some kind of control over God. Ha, ha, ha. You know, that's what I'm dangling out there saying, I'm a preacher. You know, you know, I'm doing I'm trying to do it the right way. I'm not cheating people. I'm not cutting throats. God, when am I going to get mine? That but it's it's the it's the envy. That's what that is. And my dad's sitting back saying, "Kevin, you're not starving." There's food on your table. There's a roof over your head, you know, but, and, and there is a fine line this, that you, you're almost splitting hairs with some of this stuff because there is a contentment absolutely that we should have, but at the same time, there is a, a drive to, to, to prosper and be successful to the glory of God. But what is the real motivation behind it? And oh man, mm. you know, that, that gets me, man. So again, like, what are those specifics for you guys? Like, if you're willing to, to to share them, like, what, where you, where did you hear God really speaking to your hearts in this? Like, this is my problem, and and we'll we'll talk about solutions to this later. But like, where, where, where do you, where, where were you guys seeing, sensing that? I, I, I oh, go ahead, Cody. You want to go second? I'll go second. All right, go second. Um. So I, I think for me, it's like a, it's like a self, well, not a self-respect, a respect thing. Um, I'm really bad at thinking, does this person respect me? Um, do they find me to be like, I call it the Thomas, the train effect. Like, do they find me to be a useful in, little engine? You know what I mean? Like, is, do did, they, do is they that see a question? worth in me? Is that a question, Nate? No, that was, that was rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was rhetorical. Don't oh. answer that question. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. I think you're useful. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I can I can I answer now? Nope. <laughs> All, right. All right. So I, it, yeah, it, it's just one of those things for me. I'm really bad at trying to overanalyze a situation and a person, and seeing like, okay, do they respect me? Do they find me useful? Do they like me? I don't know. Um, and that's something I struggle with big time. Um, and I, and I think that's just, it, it's a natural thing, at least for my job, I think for people to think, because I'm a teacher, I'm a coach, like I'm an authoritative figure for, for a lot of kids. Like, and that's something even, you know, the best of teachers and coaches think about all the time. And, uh, I'm really, really bad at it. And I definitely overanalyze things. And then I see like, really awesome, like godly men who don't have to try and everybody respects them. And I'm just like, you know, they're not focusing on what I'm focusing on. What are they focusing on? Well, they're probably focusing on God and what he's trying to tell them. That's, that's why. Right. Mm. So I'm really, really bad at that. And so like, you know, so God has convicted you of that like recently. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And what's, so what's that process been? So like, has it, was it something like, you know, 
sensed Sunday, or was that something like you sensed God kind of speaking to your heart before, and then that maybe clarified it, and then what's that conversation looked like since? Uh, I mean, I, I can't pinpoint a moment, but I mean, just for a while, I, I think he's kind of put it on my mind, like in my heart, hey man, just calm down, take it easy, um, you know, rejoice in me, don't stress about me, hmm. right? Like, I, I forget what that was, like First Peter or Philippians or something. It was probably in John. You mean James? James? Or James, yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> right. It was definitely in James, somewhere in James. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I can't pinpoint a time, but that that's definitely been something I've been trying to put more on God and rely on God more for just taking that off my heart, I guess a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Good stuff. Yeah. I think for me, I, there's, there's a lot of topics that you can probably say that, you know, I'm, I've been envious in this aspect of my life. Like you kind of mentioned, you know, look, comparing other your, yourself to other people's situation, you know, they get a new house, you know, looking at that situation and thinking, well, my wife does this for a living. I do this for a living. Mm-hmm. I know our income and I know what they probably make, you know, and doing that, letting your mind yeah. go all the way down that tunnel. I've been there with that. Um, but one that sticks out is whenever, um, about what, five, six years ago, my, um, brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they had their two kids and it mm-hmm. pretty close to the same age. And that was like, a moment of envy for me. It was, you know, I, I looked at that situation and like you asked, you're like, why God? Like I've done a lot of good things, you know, I'm not perfect, but you know, I'm, I feel like I've lived my life for you better than them. Right. (laughs) That in my mind, this is what goes on. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was just a envious feeling. It was a, it was so disgusting. And like you said, it was immediate and it just consumed me. It swallowed me whole. I mean, it was to the point where, I didn't want any of the kids coming to my ha- my house at all. Like I didn't, I just couldn't handle it. Like I'm like, no, get them away. Like they're not worthy or I'm not worthy of them. They're not worthy of me. And you know, it was this weird mindset I had. And, um, that was a true envy moment for me and a pretty nasty one. What, what brought like revelation or realization to that? Like when did you wake up and, and realize and think to yourself, what am I doing? Like, what did that look like? How'd that play out? I, it, it, it was, a. Uh, it wasn't like a revelation. It wasn't like a moment. It was a series of moments where it was just kind of God was really working in my heart. And, and, you know, and for a while I kicked back and kicked back. I didn't want anything to do with it. I just went to work. That was my happy place, you know, and I I was good at it. And, you know, I just consistently did my job and forgot everything else. That was so easy. But then once I was able to just open the floodgates and feel that emotion and be real with it and accept that like, like, yeah, you were envious, you, you know, and it's okay because that's a normal human feeling. Um, and then I, and I really just started like praying, you know, my weird pray, prayers that I say I have all the time. Um, you know, life started making more sense. And it was, it was one of those moments where I stopped asking why and, 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 um, how come and why us, why me, why him? And it went from that to like, okay, what next? Like what, what, what next, what's positive that comes from this where I could serve you better. And, um, because I, I've said this a hundred times on this podcast, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of my life, like I know where my kid is, I know how to get there and I'm going to go. So like, what do I need to do now to, um, serve you and, 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 uh, spread, spread your love throughout 
all my contacts with people all the time and mm-hmm. like, you know, life started getting a little bit better. And now like I'd freaking love those kids, you know, I, yeah. they can come over anytime, any time of the day. And, and, uh, yeah, we thoroughly enjoy them. One of the, you know, I've had a few conversations since this weekend, just about other people, you know, saying, Hey, listen, I didn't realize I was envious. One of the things that I've heard people say that they've done to help kind of overcome that to an extent was praying for that person. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to practice that a little bit like this last week. Cause I've heard, you know, yeah, I preached the sermon, but like, listen, people, I don't got this figured out. Like I'm, I'm learning, you know? So, and it was, it was good advice. And I started pray, doing pray it for their success and pray for their yeah. achievements. And, yeah. And that's know. hard again, because I mean, in, in the situation that I'm talking about for myself, it's, I feel like these people have not been righteous in their climb to power, you know, in, in, in influence and, in their climb to where they are from a business perspective. Like, I know what I've done and like sacrifices I've ad- I've made, you know, and so I I feel more virtuous, right, mm-hmm. in that. And so to then pray, like I was, I I wondered what that was going to feel like, and and actually I was driving my car today and I started going through that old process of of just my mind racing about what the what ifs, right, the and I just stopped and I started praying. I I felt relief instantly. Like well, it, I mean it was an instant Well envy, I mean, is completely about the self. It's completely about me. Yes. And so like when you can pray about someone else and about what they're going through or what they're achieving, it instantly releases that. I mean, you're not, you know, but like you can instantly have a release from the envy that you're feeling. Absolutely. And, and, and how many times have we done that? What you just said, Nelson, when you pray for someone after they achieve something, I, you know, like that's such a foreign, like you, you pray for people and to have suffering. the opportunity yeah. or the suffering, but to say like, you know, thank you God that you gave a house to this person, that, you know, like, like <laughs> Nate and Brandy were able to build a new house. Like, has that ever been a prayer? You know, that my friend at home got a new car. Is that a prayer? You know, like, thank you for that blessing for them and their family. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's a foreign concept to me, and that's something that... Well, I don't I don't think it's just you. I think it's a foreign concept in the culture yeah. of our church. Mm-hmm. Churches. Mm. The big C church, not little little church, not LCC, like everybody. I think it's a, I think it's a foreign concept. I think, I think at this point, in the history of this nation, like you, what do you put on Facebook? You put all this stuff up that's half truths, but props you up to look a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Do you put your, you, oh, look, I woke up and I'm having a bad hair day. Those don't yeah. get on there, you right. know, unless you're being funny because you're, you're a comedian, you know, because that's how you get, get off on this stuff, right? No, we set ourselves up to be a, the certain thing and, and we're constantly looking at other people and comparing ourselves constantly. Mm-hmm. We're forced to, mm-hmm. we're forced to. And so even within this body, and I would say even within our friendships, I mean, if we're honest, guys, I mean, tell me the truth. The people that you love and care about, like 
it is still in those situations. I mean, I could say this with my brother. Like, there have been times where I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you don't deserve this, but I do. <laughs> you know? And, like, I love that guy to death, you know? But there's still that that underlying issue that comes up that, that we have such a hard time celebrating for other people. Now, there are genuine times where maybe it doesn't affect us or it doesn't. You know, it's just their thing that we can really celebrate with people or where it's big enough to where mm-hmm. we can celebrate with people. But there are a lot of small things that we really struggle. And mm-hmm. I think it's because they won't even celebrate with us. And so, like, who's going to start this? Are we going to continue to let this spiral out of control? Or are we going to actually be the ones that, like, step up and begin to really... I mean, I think at first you're just going to have to do lip service to it. I really do. Before it really starts it a to habit. become something yeah. that you, that is a part of you, who right, you in are, your prayer life, and that you yeah. really feel, mm-hmm. yeah, what you're doing. I don't know, Nelson. You know, like I said earlier, like I I, I had no concept of envy and um, the how pervasive it is and how important it is. I knew it was a deadly sin, but to like to start to define it and to listen to it and, and talk about it, it really was kind of eye opening. Um, some scripture that I found this week, just, um, uh, Proverbs, what, 1430. Um, uh, of course I should have it up, but you know, I didn't, um, it says a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. I mean, that's like rots the bones, you know, of your skeleton, you know. And then it went to Mark fifteen ten um, when Jesus was getting tried. You know, he he perceived that Jesus was delivered out of envy, out of the envy of his abilities and his knowledge and his powers, and and he was delivered to crucifixion out of envy. And that's how deep and pervasive and how terrible of a sin it is. And. Honestly, I didn't have any concept of it come Sunday. I, I honestly had never really con- like tried to pull it together and to see where I was envious in my life. Um, what, what's been laid on my heart this week is kind of uh, personal, especially in this situation, is I can be envious of other people's knowledge in God and their relationship in God. And it feels like, Unfortunately, what I tend to do in those situations is just shut down entirely, which is not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So what God's been speaking to me this week is if if I want to have that relationship and that knowledge, I think would probably be um, I need to be in the word more. I mean, it's, and it's, it's a simple fix, you, you think, but uh, instead of being just envious of the relationship that someone else has that, you know, Nate or Cody or you have with God and are able to voice that I need to focus on God more in my life and be, so I can be able to have that knowledge base and that, I guess the dialect, I guess. Yeah. And so that's kind of what's been laid on my heart this week. Um, specifically. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just, it, it, and it's, it's hard to say that to somebody like, cause you know, it's like, I love you guys, you know, it's not, but there are times where I'm like, I wish I had that. I wish I was able to pull up a scripture verse out of memory because I just don't have that. And you know what time it'll come, you know? Um, but that's where I, they kind of settled on me on Sunday mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I love the Proverbs when 
that you that you said. What was your version again? How did it go? Uh, it says, "A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones." So, m- mine says, "A tranquil heart gives life to flesh," or how it's another way to translate it: "A healing heart gives life to fret." Or yeah, gives life to the flesh. So what is that? I, to me, what I'm picturing is that person who, you know, when they're around, like brings life. Not not like life to the party. Like oh, it's the fun's going to start. But like that encourager. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The joyful person. That joyful that, person yeah. that's infectious in their joy. That person that just. Like you, like you know they love you. Like you know they care about you, and like they want their best. I mean, your mom. Okay, I mean you could you could say your mom is is that person in your life. You know, most are kids, right? We, we, we could experience it that way. But like that gives life, and that's what we were talking about. I mean, that's what we're saying. Like it's hard to be that person. Mm-hmm. If it's not flesh and blood, like, you know, you have to be with that person. Like, if they're your brother, your sister, your mom, or your dad, or blah, 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 right? But, like, what if, like, we took that serious and, like, lived that out? And I just think about those types of people. Your your uh, grandmother-in-law, Jackie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is so much like that. Yeah. Just, you know, I mean, genuinely just loves people, mm-hmm. right? Never talks about herself. Never, Mm-mm. you know, you have to really pry to start getting her to like talk about like what's really going on. But mm-hmm. like, she just celebrates you, just loves you. Like, she, she, I've got a card. I haven't read it yet, but sitting on my desk, you know, that that I can open. Then I'm going to open it, and all it's going to be is, oh, you guys are so great, blah blah blah. <laughs> I mean, that's you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's that's what this verse is talking about. And how that gives life. I mean, and think about think about what that. I mean, gives life, and it does when you truly are celebrating with that person. But then the other side of that is, but envy makes the bones rot. That, and it's not makes your soul rot, not makes your heart heart rot. No, your bones, the structure, what holds you up, the foundation. The foundation just yes, it, yeah. that's what it's talking about. The foundation mm-hmm. of your life is being eroded away. Rot, rotting away, uh, and how the our ignorance of it, how how you know, and 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 it goes back to like culturally what we talked about, like we were talking about culture and we're talking about how it's degraded. Well, why? Its bones are rotting. Our culture's bones are rotting away, and we're just along for the ride. And we have to wake up to this and say, no, no more, no. Like I need to be the person that celebrates these things. Regardless of my personality, regardless of of how I feel, like I have to step into the gap here, into the void, and 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 make a difference. And that's a huge way we can make a difference. I mean, there really is. Yeah, I <clears throat> I think like a big part of that too is we need to kind of have God restructure our minds a little bit and how we interact with culture. You know, like advertisements, for example. Advertisements, what's the main goal of an advertisement? To attract. To attract. To make you envy. To mm-hmm. cause I envy. want that thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, it. it's going to be a problem. I mean, we've been, we've been infatuated with it our whole lives, those things that we want, and we've been conditioned to feel that way from the very beginning, right? Mm. Every t- commercial that comes on. We have been conditioned to envy, and it's 
I read an interesting quote um, this morning. I was listening to a podcast and turned me on to an article and read an article and uh, it's by a lady named, a uh, last name is Sayer, but it said, envy is the great leveler. If it can't level things up, it will level them all down. And it's like, and so instead of bringing everybody up to the same point, it's like, I'm going to bring you down in my, however, to my point. And that's like, wow. You know, so, I don't know. it's, it's just a big trick. I'm going to bring you down, make you think that you need to get up. Like, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's the enemy working overtime. Yeah. I, I had a conversation with a, with a young lady this week and, um, she was, you know, struggling with some stuff and her heart in her heart, she was really having a hard time. And this is what I told her. And I think it, I think it speaks to this issue. Like when the heart isn't feeling it, then you have to trust your mind and what you know about God and what he's doing. And I think it's, again, like envy is like this, like overcoming this and being a person who gives life rather than, you know, whose bones are rotting internally because you're not, envy is not something we're going to see, right? You can, we, we hide it so well. But it's, to, to get to that point, it is, okay, in my heart, I'm not feeling it, but I know this is what, I should do, and I know this is what I should be, and I know this is what God has called me to. So I'm going to, I'm going to, in my mind, I'm going to do it until my heart comes along. And I think there are times where, vice versa, you know, you, times where like there are legalistic issues where in your mind you know this is right, but you've got to then put yourself in their situation and have a heart for that person, right? And so it, it comes the opposite where you have to trust your heart. Until your mind gets to the place where it needs to be, so there's it's always calibrating back and forth one or the other. But I think with this one, it's like we know what this is, we know what the issue is, we know how to perform in this, and so like let's trust our mind until our heart comes along for the ride, like it should, and our life gets back in balance with with how we deal with envy. Awkward pause. Silent. <laughs> so, I mean, besides besides breaking into the word, which I think is the obvious answer here, how do we train our minds to do that? Well, I think the thing that we talked about Sunday, and you guys need to speak to this as well. Like, was Jonathan is the is the perfect example of of this, you know? And you talk about so he has the most to lose. If David becomes king, which is what the whole what the whole issue was, David was going to become king. God had chose David over Saul, so Saul was going to lose his kingship. He was going to be he was going to stop being king, and he did everything he could to hold on to that. And he was so envious of how you know people were singing about David killing his tens of thousands and him only killing a thousand. Like he's all tore up about it, right? And so David's getting all this acclaim, and he does it, and he's losing his kingship, and David's getting it, and like all that stuff, but. Really, I mean, Saul was king for a long time. You know, he got to experience that, and he wasn't going to lose that until he was dead. But he was still, you know, all tore up. But Jonathan, who will never be king, who should have been king because he was Saul's son, who will never be king, gave us an example. And what did he do? It says, as soon as he met this guy, like he knew what God was doing in his life, and he 
he loved him. He his heart was knit to him. And so he loved his he loved David as himself. And that that's the golden rule. You know? You know, love as you love yourself. That's the golden rule. So 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 again, think about that. I mean, think about how hard that is for one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, really think about what it means to love someone as yourself. I mean, you would do anything for yourself. And in fact, you do a lot of things for yourself that don't look like you're doing them for yourself because we can disguise it, you know, but would you do that for someone else? And the answer is, you know, I'm just think, sitting there from like, you know, would I, if a, if, if a farm came up for rent, would I pass that off to somebody else? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that <laughs> on this podcast. Athlete fifth. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, would I do that? I love myself. I would take that in a heartbeat, you know, but would I have enough faith and trust in God's plan for my life to, to say no here? To call someone that you know could need it or use it and say, hey, this is for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, again, so what did Jonathan do? He, he, he said, not only is God going to give you this, but like I'm going on with God and here you go. Here's my robe. That means here's my crown. Here's my sword. Like you, you have the authority over me in every way. I am submitting to you because I love you so much. Um, I think we have a hard time doing that with our wives or our spouses, let alone doing that to people that we look at and say, you know, you don't deserve this as much as me. So how do we... you know that's such a radical thing but it that's the example and then you know well before i before i go on with that like any thoughts on that there don't have to be thoughts i just i didn't want to like go into the next part and like end the podcast without <laughs> at least giving you a chance to speak if god was putting something on your heart well then, the, the 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 thing that we have to look at next is, if Jonathan was that example, then Jesus is the ultimate Jonathan. This this is man, the 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 gospel is amazing. Okay, and the gospel is, you know, Jesus. Right, it is who he is, what he came to do and what he continues to accomplish for us. It is amazing. And we cannot live a holistic, joyful, peaceful life without the gospel. And and what does it do? It infuses life into us in this way. Jesus came and died. But why do you have to die? Because we're a bunch of screw-ups, and we deserve nothing. You know, like at the end of the day, like if we, when we're really, like if we really understand our sin and how fallen and messed up we are, like then we feel like pieces of crap. Like really. I mean, think about like the, those times where you've done something to someone that that hurt them so bad that it crushed your soul. Like that's how we should feel all the time about sin and why Jesus had to die for you and for me. So that that's that's the one side. But then the other side of that is that that he loved you so much that he did it. 
And so then that's the uplifting side. That's the, that this person looked at you and saw worth in you and saw value in you in a, in, in a way that no one else in the world ever did or ever could. So like you have these two competing things. One is holding you down and one is lifting you up. And when they meet, they create this environment where where you can be the type of person who humbly, right, who vulnerably loves someone in spite of the fact that you're a selfish piece of crap. Like that's what that creates and that's why the gospel is so beautiful and can be applied to so many different things. And that's why Jesus is like the ultimate Jonathan. So Jonathan is an example, this radical example. But Jesus carried it out and made it so that even though we can't carry it out, like we can still find life in that. Like he he is the ultimate life giver in that. That's that's at the end of the day, that's like that's what we have to lean into. You know, that's that's the source of strength that we have to tap into to begin to do this. And then I think that future piece of the gospel, which is in this life, I probably will never get the things that I feel like I deserve, but through Christ in heaven I will, and it'll be more than I could have ever imagined. So you can be, you know, someone who lives in a box on the street and begs your entire life, and you can still not, you know, you know, fall into the temptation of envy because this is not the end of it. This is not the end of the end of your life. This is just <laughs> the first little step into eternity, your whole life, which will be in heaven in perfection, living and doing the things that you always hoped that you could do on earth. That's why, that's how, that's the answer. And only when we believe that, in the deepest parts of our heart, are we ever really going to be able to live these things out? It has to saturate everything that we are, and that and the only way is, you know, I I I I use, you know, dropping a coin in a Coke machine. You know, the coin has to go all the way down. It has to go all the way down. You know, there's so many times where we put the coin in and like it does, it goes part way, and you have to hit the button and it has to come back out. Like there's so many times that's that's what the gospel does. It never really like goes all the way down, but when it does, that's when real transformational change can happen to where we can actually begin to live these radical things out because of the hope that we have in that. That was preachy. That was pretty preachy. No, I liked it. I don't know about you guys, but I liked it. Pretty I was, good. I was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give yourself a little bit of credit, dude. Yeah, my bad. No, good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Uh, well, it's about that time to maybe end this guy. Uh, Nelson, would you want to close us up with a quick prayer? Yeah. All yeah. right, maybe. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. We just thank you for this uh, group of men that can get together and, and talk about things and talk about your word, Lord. And we just lift these things up and we just pray that you're part of it. Uh, Lord, we pray for our community and the loss that was experienced here. Uh, Lord, we yeah. just know that that family is going to be struggling. And we just pray that your hand of peace can be laid upon them and the community. And uh, Lord, uh, specifically, and uh, I also want to lift up a, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, Coomer. He's uh, battling cancer right now and he's away from home in Texas and, um, experiencing treatment down there. We just lift their family up. Um, he's supposed to start listening. So I just hope he does. And we just pray that, 
that your hand is at work in that and is healing and is recovery. It's in your Amen. 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 You know, I just, I would, I would just add this kind of as, as we talk about. So like, I feel like even the, the, the challenges and things we talked about, that's lofty. That's big stuff. The thing I, I I keep going back to that that like just is sustaining for me as <laughs> as a failure is this David and Saul were this were the same they their failures in fact I, if we look at David's life he probably did some worse things even than Saul like he was he he did some really dumb things in his life and we'll get more into that like as our series the sermon series goes on but the difference, what separated them was was all in the motivation. And that's what I would say for us, you know, and it goes back, I mean, even what you said, like the comparison stuff that we do about knowing the Bible or not, like that doesn't matter as much as like what is your motivation? Like why? Why are you living? Why are you doing? And if it's Jesus, then the rest doesn't matter. And that's what that's what was so beautiful about David, is his motivation was always God. He was a man after God's own heart, like which meant like, you know, he would mess up, he would still fail, he would still do things wrong, but at the end of the day, like it always pointed back to like, like God, I am sorry, God, I love you, God, this is about you, and I think that's what that's that's the sign, that's the tell for us. Where what is our heart? Is it is it really about God or is it really about self? Because for Saul, it was self, but for David, it was God. What's the motivation? And that, for me, relieves so much pressure because it stops being about performance and it starts being about like what I really want, even if I don't do it, even if I fail every day to do what I really want for God. Like, it's still, that's the most important thing. Yeah, and for us four guys... (laughs) That's about the only thing we got, right? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Nate Luke with the finisher. Yeah. The finisher. Boom. All right, guys. Uh, for LCC's podcast, Pursuit of Purpose, I am Nate Luke. Kevin Stuckey. Nelson Combs. Cody Jewelerut. Have a great week, guys. We'll talk at you next week. Peace. Peace. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>